0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. Tony Sinkata. talking fantasy football. There is no offseason. We do it 365 right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tony Sinkata, my man, what's going on with you? What's going on? We're absolutely
1: getting it done, man. Fantasy football. We've got everything going on in the world of the NFL as the scouting combine's happening and everybody's trying to uh,
0: take care of their future. Yeah, it's important that you take care of your future, Tony. You spend a lot of time. Uh, earlier on talking about the scouting combine and all the good things that take place out there and the good information and stuff while you have the underwear olympics taking place that's what it's known as tony that's what we call it affectionately the underwear olympics are you a fan of this
1: no, I'm not a fan of watching it because I feel like we're intruding on something we're not supposed to be watching. <laughs> um, but
0: it does provide us with a lot of topics. To, uh, it speakers. does. It did. It, did. It, gave us a, it does provide us with a lot of topics, a lot of things to talk about. So we'll dip into a little bit of the stuff that's going on out there in Indianapolis, Indiana. But Tony, I wanted to spend a little bit on this first segment talking about some of the, some, some of the things going on in the NFL from an off-the-field standpoint, particularly this uh, growing beef with uh, Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell. Yeah,
1: that's a little crazy situation here. It seems
0: very petty at this point. It does seem, I agree, Tony, it does seem very petty because it's like some of these certain things are information that really is, is uh, you got this thing with him uh, suing him, and it's like, you know, for this $2 million to recoup for Ezekiel Elliott and then him having to lawyer up when Jerry Jones said he was going to take him to court, I mean, I understand you can do this by the rules, and the, owners, the other owners did vote on this, Tony, but do you think that this was uh, Roger Goodell and the other owners trying to send a message to Jerry Jones, and do you think it was warranted?
1: Um, no, it's not warranted. I don't know what they're trying to do, right? Because as far as I know, right, they never went to court, so what do they have lawyer's fees for?
0: And like all of their lawyers are in-house lawyers. Well, they do, so yes, but- I was told this week that in cases like that, they will need, that they do go to outside counsel for stuff like the Ezekiel Elite and things like that.
1: Yeah, but they didn't, he never took them to court. So how can you get money for something that didn't happen?
0: I guess they was lawyering up, Tony, so I guess they had to pay retainers or whatever the case may be. Yeah, this but is you can right?
1: over a threat, right? Yeah. I mean, if you never actually went to court and nothing was ever done, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to sue him over conjecture?
0: Yep. And then this week, right? We all he did
1: was write a letter. That's all they did.
0: And it's interesting that that this is how it's playing out now. So all of that stuff, when the, when, when the NFL was going back and forth with Zeke, that was never in court?
1: No. No, no what they sued him for was um, he was uh, – the uh, the Roger Goodell, he held up the Roger Goodell contract situation? I
0: think it was Ezekiel Elliott part was a part of it, too, with the NFL going well, back to court for Ezekiel I, Elliott. I think they're lumping that in there because Robert Kraft didn't pay a dime for that. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Robert Kraft didn't pay a dime for that. That was more or less on the Players Association, which so is the same thing with Ezekiel really, Elliott. Yeah.
1: yeah, so this is really about... The contract situation for Robert Godel, uh for a uh, commissioner Godell and the situation there, and it, nothing ever happened.
0: Nothing ever went to court. He got his money. I don't know why this is happening. Interesting to see this now. Earlier this week, it comes out the NFL. Papa John's has decided to yes cut ties with the NFL. Now it will still be 22 NFL teams that will still have Papa John's uh, sponsorship. It'll also be, I think the NFL.com is also going to have digital ads of Papa John's and stuff like that. But Papa John's is no longer using the NFL shield. Pizza Hut is now the official pizza of Papa John. Now, remember throughout the course of the NFL season when all the controversy was going on tone with the National Anthem and stuff, the guy, I can't think of his name right now, John Shatner, I think his name is, uh, he came out and he, you know, jumped out there and he said, you know what, this thing is hurting. Papa John's is a partner of the NFL. This is hurting our brand being attached to the NFL and this thing that's going on with the National Anthem. It's not a good look. And everybody thought, you know, Papa John, you go ahead and shut up and mind your business. You ain't got nothing to do with this. You feel what I'm saying, Tone? Yeah. Come to find out, Tone, you know who it was that put Papa John's up to this uh, battle with the NFL? Who's this? Jerry Jones.
1: Jerry Jones got on the Papa John's bandwagon. Jerry's trying to be a rebel rouser.
0: Yeah, Jerry's looking to rebel rouse. So it's it is serious this situation with Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell. Obviously, Goodell gets his contract. He's got the big uh, bargaining coming up in 2020. Uh, is that 2020 or 2021 when the NFL and the NFL and the Players Association they go back to the table? Uh, that will be Roger Goodell's job is to get the NFL. The best deal that they can get, obviously, D. Maurice Smith and the Players Union, obviously, they're trying to get a good uh, deal for themselves also, which ends some of this franchise tagging and stuff like that. Sometimes, Tony, I think D. Maurice Smith is on the NFL side, not the player side. It seems
1: like that. How is he still there?
0: <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, right? How many people yeah. are doing bad jobs right now and continuing to hold on to them?
1: And they make a lot of money, right? Yeah. And they're in the National Football League; like it's an insane business. But it's—I don't know anyone that thinks the NFL Players Association has done a good a
0: job in the last ten years. Yet the guy's still in charge. So there you go, DeMaurice Smith. Now this latest situation with the uh, um, with Jerry and the NFL. Jerry's clearly going to lose this one, Tony. Do you think he has any leg to stand on to try to get back at the rest of the owners and Roger Goodell? I mean, he is Jerry Jones. I think uh, when you get older, you just don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> and
1: I think you know, Jerry's at that point in his life. I've got the biggest stadium in the league. I've got the number one attraction in the league. Uh, what is some idiot in Carolina going to tell me? Uh, some non-American in Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, that's how he feels right now. <laughs> I could see him like, uh, no, I don't think it ends. Yeah, I think the beef will continue on throughout the course like of Like he's turning to Al Davis, right? Al Oh, Davis he really is, yeah. Yeah, he
0: really has turned into Al Davis. That's that's definitely the road that he's going down. Uh, This week, the competition committee, once again, Roger Goodell trying to troll Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. They come out and released a statement saying that Calvin Johnson uh, play and Dez Bryant's non-catch, both of those plays, Tony, should have been catches. So we see a situation where this didn't have to be announced now, Tony. This is you're taking a fan base and you're rubbing this in his face.
1: <laughs> so, but what does that mean that they should have been catches? Does that mean going forward that those plays are
0: catches? Going forward, those plays should those the, going forward plays like that will be deemed a catch. And the NFL Competition Committee, when they re, when they reconvene for their next meeting, they are going to one of the priorities is going to be fixing this NFL catch rule.
1: I can't wait to see the ruling, and then. How it's worded, and then you still have to uh, figure out what the interpretation is because the rule was never changed prior to Calvin Johnson nope. and, and the Des Bryant situation. It was interpreted incorrectly,
0: but everybody else went went along with it for years. Exactly, Tone. So. so- I don't understand how the officials are calling it like this in these more recent years. Another interesting piece from the competition committee that's something that they're going to discuss and, and look at, Tony, is the pass interference, the spot foul on the pass interference. Yeah. Obviously, NFL is reactionary. You saw the, the AFC Championship game, real bad pass interference call on the Jacksonville Jaguars towards the end of the first half. That f- penalty put the New England Patriots Inside the red zone, Nate score like they do before the half. Kind of changed the balance of that game a little bit, not a whole lot, Tony. Where are you standing at on this, the 15-yard pass interference or the spot foul?
1: I think that, unfortunately, you need both. And mm-hmm. I think in that type of situation, it should be a 15-yard penalty. Um, but we can't use the pass interference as an advantage to the defense and what can happen is if you use the 15-yard penalty and you have a guy like a Tyree Kill blow past you, you just tackle him. And then, you know, you get the 15-yard penalty and it could break up a touchdown. It's got to be like the kind of the NBA where if you have a breakaway yeah. and you get, you get hit there. So I want to leave it up to the uh, referee to have a flagrant pass interference and a pass interference with the 15-yard penalty be the pass interference and a flagrant to be the spot of the foul.
0: That's that's you're pretty pretty sharp. Jake yeah, the all in kid Jake Sealy said the same thing, Tony. It should be like the NBA with the breakaway uh with the uh the breakaway foul play. The um so I think that's what it's in, end up going to be happening. But I was talking with those guys, Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello, last night, and they were like that. You know, that's the way the college does it. They, they think that's the best way to handle pass interference. Sermonello uh, specifically said he doesn't think it should be a 50, 60-yard penalty. That's not a good look. And a lot of times, these corners, when they do get beat, they don't just go down and tackle the wide receiver.
1: They don't because they're college and they, they're new at it. These professional guys are <laughs> special athletes. <laughs> there. And plus, Sermonello and uh, – you know, Lisi, they do a good job, but come on. They're the biggest homers in the world. Everything in college is better than them.
0: You think so, huh? You think Cermonello and Lisi can be called uh, homers? Then they're oh, college man, football uh, homers.
1: They're college football homers to the T. Uh, they probably think, uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, one foot in bounds is better than two.
0: I'm a two-feet uh, guy, Tony. I'm a, two, I'm a drag. I'm, I'm a two-feet yeah. guy,
1: too. I mean, one foot. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me?
0: Amateur hour right there, Tony.
1: Yeah, 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 you know I do like the bands though. I like the band at halftime.
0: The last college football game you've been to, Tony?
1: That is a good question. And I went to some good ones back in the day. Uh, probably the Florida Gators. It was probably like three years ago.
0: Oh, you went to you went to you was in the swamp.
1: And I went to the swamp. I've been to the University of Nebraska to see a game. Nice. Um, uh, I, I went to. Uh, uh, Boston College versus Penn State back in the day with Doug Flutie was at the quarterback position. It's a good one right there uh, too. Yeah, so I've seen some. I've seen some uh, some good college football. I've never been to Tallahassee. It's like a three and a half hour trip for me. Yeah, but, but I I, I got to go there to see a game.
0: Oh, you want to go down to uh, Dope Dope? Um, what's it called? Yeah. Dope Campbell.
1: Yeah, see
0: the, that team uh, was really uh, disappointed this year, Tony. I understand the quarterback oh, yeah. situation was uh, abysmal when DeAndre Francois went down in the opening game, but that, they just didn't put up no no fight the rest of the season. It was just over for them. It was terrible. And
1: then the coach, you know, the coach wins a national championship, he leaves for Texas A and M. Like, well, you think you're a proud franchise like Florida State University? And you got a coach leaving for Texas A and M. What the hell's going on?
0: Well, you know, and then, they, and then that new coach. What do you think of the situation with that new coach who went out and recruited all of those kids? I forgot where he was at. And then the Florida Poor State God. jobs opened up, and he's like, oh, "I'm out of here." Yeah.
1: He's. I think he actually. I, I don't know this to be fact, but I, I'm generalizing here. I believe he's been the head coach four times in three years, four different schools in three years. Wow. So what is he? What is he looking? What is he? What is he looking for? Tone. I don't know, man. Money, I guess. (laughs) Well, Yeah, yeah.
0: But you figure he was still getting these big-time college jobs. I mean, what is is he trying to do at this point? Uh, That's crazy because now you got – the kids are not going to trust him. But he's supposed to be a Florida State guy, though.
1: Yeah, but I don't know, man. It seems like the kids – everybody – like, we all think that, but it seems like they all get there. I mean, we used to have the same situation with Nick Saban leaving job one job to another, and he's done all right. No, he has
0: done. He wins all the championships.
1: Yeah, so uh, I look at that. I'm saying, man, oh, uh, there there is a uh, college football is a very interesting. There's too many teams uh, now, and I hate how they keep on um, to keep on um, changing the conferences. I would like to get some st- stability there. You know, what was crazy is uh, uh, this week. Speaking of coaches, uh, we had the University of San Diego's uh, men's basketball coach get him in a situation. Uh, that he's probably uh, not liking. Uh, The police came and found a a woman uh, in his hotel room with some bodily injuries, and uh, she said she was uh, held against her will. Yeah. And he's married and
0: has two kids. Oh, boy, he's going to be in trouble for that one, Tony. He lost his job and maybe lost his wife. He's probably going to lose his wife, too. Yeah. Held her against her will. That's that's never a good thing right there, Tony. No, no, no. That's – uh, so that's – Remember th- Jim
1: Brown did that? Jim Brown, he, did, he didn't go to jail.
0: No, he didn't. It's different back in those days. I mean, it's still obviously <laughs> some terrible what he did. You know what I'm saying, Tone? But he was like, I'm Jim Brown, whatever.
1: Do you think he helped Ray Rice out? No, after, no, like, no, no,
0: one? no. I, I think Jim Brown has well uh, changed his, his tone and his reputation since then. No, no I mean, did, do you think he counseled him? I don't think so. That was a nasty situation with well, with Ray Tone. Um, Ray Rice, people still think he can play football. Did you hear that? I thought he
1: could before. I thought you know, I thought it was a weird situation because he was on the downside. Like he had a couple of bads. He, he had the hip injury to incident. Yeah, and so I thought he could be like maybe a third down back. He probably, if he didn't have that incident, would have still been playing. He wouldn't have been as effective as we once knew Ray Rice. And 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 now he's uh, hanging out in the fantasy sports radio network television studio. He is. He was on. He was on with Carton one night.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Shout out to Ray Rice. That's my man. I, I was a. I was a, uh, I, my, my best fantasy football team ever, Tony. My run. My starting running backs were Arian Foster and Ray Rice. Ooh, Arian Foster,
1: man! You talk about fantasy gods. When he was uh, on his game, he put up
0: some insane numbers. He was the best in the business when he was on his game tone. And the thing about it that was so uh, kind of, you know, hurtful to see, with, like he, he went from being the, 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 the fantasy stud to being a guy that was like, I remember one time I did, was doing the NF, uh, F, uh, FFWC main event tone and I had the ninth pick in the draft. And I'm watching Arian Foster fall to me, and I'm like, "God, you almost—you can't pass him up at nine. But you're also sitting there saying to yourself, "You know, if I take this dude, he's going to get injured." What do you think happened, Tone? Might have played three injured. games for me.
1: Yes. <laughs> there are certain guys that never work out well, and uh, every once in a
0: while, we have to keep going back. Yep. Yeah. And it
1: gets a little crazy.
0: <sighs> Fantasy football frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So we kicked off. Um, we kicked off uh, the. Um, the trend this draft is back up and rolling again, Tony. So, I went back on the clock for y'all. The, uh, the second half of this draft and um had some pretty interesting results. You um what do you think of Duke Johnson? Um I took Duke Johnson in one of the picks, right? Tone. And my partner Andy Saxon and I we were discussing it and I was like, "Man, I'm kind of worried about Johnson because I feel as if Duke is a player that um benefited this past season off of the inaccuracy and the short passing game that uh, Deshaun Kaiser specialized in. And I think if you get a real quarterback in there, Duke Johnson can lose a lot of that value. I uh,
1: see. The NFL game, though, is all about getting the, ball getting the ball quick. He did line up in the slot in games last year. So I think, you know, we were talking about last night, Tariq Cohen and his situation, how they're going to move him all over the offense. I think you're going to see the same thing with Duke Johnson. And if you're getting him as late as I've seen him go in drafts, I mean, right now, he's the only running back on the depth chart. Um, I think that you're going to get an opportunity to get seven, eight carries a game, five or six uh, catches, double-digit targets. I like him a lot.
0: I took him, Tony. We took him as the 24th running back off the board.
1: Yeah, I, I could see him going right around going around there. Um, it, PPR league's... Before would you go any earlier than that?
0: Would you would you take him on Tevin Coleman? I would go Tevin Coleman. You, yeah, I, I, I definitely now Tevin I Coleman was his twenty second running back off the board. The twenty third running back off the board was Chris Thompson. I and I was like, if Chris Thompson just went, now is a good time to go ahead and jump on on. Um, What's your boy name? I just said this. I can't remember the dude's name. Uh, Duke Johnson. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm doing yeah, a lot of radio I, today, Tone. I think Duke Johnson has a greater upside, uh, but Coleman's a safer play. Okay, there you go right there. Off and running fantasy football frenzy on FNTSY Radio. And we come back. Uh, took a wide receiver in the next round of this draft. We're discuss that play and where he could end up at this fantasy football frenzy. Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Back up in Adam, Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, the executive and Tony Sincotta. <clears throat> Got you covered for the rest of the top of the hour. Tony, how you doing? Cinkata? May have lost Tony Sincada Oh, there you go, Tony, hello Yes, oh, we are, you are all ready We're I thought ready I lost you for a minute, Tony
1: You know, every once in a while people get lost
0: But they're generally <laughs> not far away <laughs> You're right, Tony You don't have to put out a flyer Tony Sincata missing $500 reward
1: no reward needed. I'm just, I'll be back. I just need a chance to get away. <laughs> Tony. you
0: have that situation where you've got to get away. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do have to get away, Tony. You've just got to break down and take some days, some time for yourself.
1: Self-time is there. Self-pleasure is uh, something we try to avoid.
0: You have to. It's, it's a misuse of those powers. Yes. That's what I was taught in uh, in parochial school. They told me that you'd go blind. Same. That I heard that also too. I haven't yet. <laughs> I,
1: I bought some. I got some old wooden pencils in case I do.
0: <laughs> oh man, Tony! So everybody <laughs> in this draft is talking about uh, this running back, uh, Barkley. Put up twenty-nine, two twenty-fives on the bench press today. Yep. I think that ties a running back record. People obviously last they remember from college football is the two Georgia running backs, Chubb and Michelle. Michelle, everybody's comparing him to Alvin Kamara. He's going to be a big thing. Chubb obviously comes out that lineage of Georgia Bulldog running backs. Guys like Todd Gurley, no Sean Moreno. I feel like I should name somebody better than no Sean Moreno tone, but Todd Gurley, Herschel Walker come to mind uh, right away. Uh, What was the dude, Garrison Hurst?
1: Well, oh yeah, there's a yeah. There's,
0: Garrison Hurst, good Georgia one. Bulldog running backs, they have a little bit of a lineage. Nick Chubb, more built like solid style running back like those backs. Sony Michelle, one of the newer type backs like Alvin Kamara. But Tony, nobody's talking about Darius Geis. And people have kind of uh, yeah. forgotten about him. He but you when you look at the dip in his production this year, it was stark.
1: That's a crazy French, uh, that LSU team, and that, that tells you the college sports I'm calling them. You said it's a franchise.
0: But Tony, it might as yeah. well be. It is a franchise. Yeah, Tony. <laughs> based on all the news that's out there, right?
1: <laughs> uh, that kid, though, I, I think he's, I think NFL, though, he's going to go early in the second round. So I think he has an opportunity to. Uh, uh, another Georgia running back that we didn't mention was Rodney Hampton.
0: Oh, I didn't know Rodney Hampton was the Georgia Bulldog.
1: Yeah, and the other one was a guy that's uh, career ended too early, Robert Edwards, uh year mm. for the New England Patriots.
0: All right, so Robert – I remember Robert Edwards. I didn't know he was a Georgia Bulldog. They have a lineage to that position, Tony, so it looks like they know what they're doing when it comes to drafting these guys and um, getting them to the NFL – Obviously, the running back position key in that in SEC country. Now with Geist, Tony, big dip off in the numbers. Of, uh, our college guys, Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello, they said that the whole offense, the offensive yeah, line, they had whole, that the whole offense was terrible, and, and, and Geist really couldn't do nothing. Geist is coming into the NFL with a mentality that he's going to be punishing defenders. Tony, big bruising running back like that. Who do you think is the second best running back in this class? If you had to, if you, if you were a general manager, not from a fantasy standpoint, from a general manager standpoint.
1: You know what's crazy is that he's one of these Darius guys. He's, he's one of these 5'11", but he's like listed at 220, could be 230, 240. Um, I would think it's this guy right here, and I think he has an opportunity. Like I said, this LSU offense was terrible uh, this season, but prior to that, uh, as a junior, he put up 1,300 yards rushing uh, in 12 games there. He averaged 7.6 yards a carry. Um, I would go ahead and take a look at this kid.
0: I would, too. I think I agree with you. And then I think Michelle and Chubb come behind uh, these two gentlemen right here. Obviously, there'll be some moving and shaking as we move through the combine process and stuff like that. Here's the thing stuff like with that. those
1: Georgia backs, right? It almost gets to the thing. If if either one of them were that good, why didn't they stay on the field and why did the other guy get a chance to play?
0: I you, you, I you think I think you could see the situation where – both of them were so good that they had to get both of them on the field, Tone. But much like the Saints with Ingram and Kamara.
1: Yeah, but you just don't see, in college football. You don't see it too often.
0: Yeah, I I agree. But do do you think that are you are you are you suggesting that that they're not as good because if they were if they were one of them would just take the job and run with it?
1: I that's kind of what I'm thinking, and I seen them both look very good at times. And then I see them, you know, the other one make the other one not get in the game at times. And them going with the hot approach a lot when they're at Georgia. Um, they did play some games, you know, that were clunkers, and they both get an opportunity to go off. Uh, but in that game, uh, I believe it was the second half, that we didn't see um, we didn't see Chubb in the second half of that game against Alabama.
0: No, we didn't see a lot of Chubb in the second half of the, of the national championship game. But Michelle was, was playing too well at that point, Tony.
1: Right, that, and yeah. that's the thing. Is like, you know, uh, that's the only thing I look at and say, you know, these two backs are good, but how good are they when, you know, one guy doesn't take – can you have two guys that are first-round backs on the same team? We just don't see it that often. And that's why I would lean towards the LSU running back.
0: And what about uh, the Auburn running back, on Johnson? He's been banged up down the stretch. Obviously, last time we saw him, the game versus um, UCF, he didn't look good at all in that game. And also the game against Alabama in the national championship game. He was banged. I mean, excuse me, in the SEC championship game, he was banged up in that game also. So uh, I think we want to get some hands on him medical, medical-wise, medical Tony. But when, from what I've seen on the field, he's just as good as the rest of these backs.
1: Yeah, I, I remember watching their last um, home game, um, their last regular season game when they played Georgia. They,
0: they, carry on they had- Johnson was amazing in that game
1: yeah and he was hurt. He was playing on one leg, and he was giving everything he had uh in that contest. I think this kid has all the talent in the world. His numbers are not great in college, mm. and I think it's more of a health issue i mean in, in his in his um sophomore season, he played twelve games he only rushed for two hundred and eight yards and four point uh four, four yards a carry as a as his two thousand and sixteen season he ran for eight hundred ninety five yards at four point nine a carry. And then he only had 868 yards, but in seven games, uh, he had 15 touchdowns in those seven games. So he had some games, but he just hasn't stayed durable and put up some big numbers. Obviously, they're
0: going to want to get some hands on him. Those NFL teams, to see but he can. was
1: <clears throat> he was so good playing hurt, and you could tell he was hurt.
0: Yeah, he 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 runs like like if people talk about people running like Le'Veon Bell. He runs like Le'Veon Bell.
1: And there's one more guy that um, Elijah see, Penny. Elijah, uh, last year that when I was looking, I'm saying, man, oh, man, Bryce Love. Okay. Uh, from Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, and he was a little banged up at the season, but he put up some big games, and I liked him, and he's got to catch the ball in the backfield. He can run and do a little bit of everything.
0: So those are some of the top running backs coming out. Now, when you look at the, these, these wide receivers coming out, Tone, the one that jumps off the page to me is Calvin Ridley, the kid from Alabama. He looks like a different player than everybody else on the field when he's out there playing, Tone
1: you know what's crazy is that uh, when I, I think of alabama wide receivers and for whatever reason because of amari cooper i guess i think of them like uh, are these guys overrated cuz they're playing in alabama but they don't really have great quarterbacks they the don't. university of alabama with all this winning they've done right they don't have great um uh, they don't have great quarterbacks and yet amari cooper actually has not had a bad career we just look at him from a fantasy perspective, and we say, oh, you know what, we're going we're to look there. And, of course, Julio Jones came, there, came out of Alabama. Um, he has an opportunity uh, to go and look at that. And the number one wide receiver of all time, Dern is there, was Amari Cooper. So this is a team that's put up some big, big numbers at the wide receiver position. is going to be interesting to see what team he goes to because I think he could surprise people and go anywhere from the fourth to the twelfth pick.
0: Well, you think he can go as high as four, Ridley, huh?
1: If you are looking at some of those teams right there, right, that are in top of the draft, and you want, and you didn't believe in, there's a, a certain teams that won't look, look at a running back situation. Like if the Giants don't pick a quarterback, like if there's all this talk about Eli Manning now, like how great they think he is. If they don't pick a quarterback, what are they, what are they going to draft?
0: They're going to trade trade down and try to stockpile picks and rebuild the offensive line and the linebacker core. That's what they should do, but. I don't know if that's not splashy enough. That's, that's, that seems like what Gettleman would do, though. <clears throat> yeah, take,
1: take the wide receiver there. Uh, Indianapolis, if you got uh, a situation with if you feel Lux back, uh, they should have picked an offensive lineman for the last five years, and they
0: haven't done it. So why why uh, do it now? <laughs> yeah.
1: Why not put a wide receiver on the other side of T.Y. Hilton? And go from there. Denver won't pick them. I don't think Tampa Bay will pick them either. But the Tampa Chicago Bay Bears needs a running back. Eight. But I don't
0: think they go for a running back yeah. that high though. Chi- Chicago they, and Chicago's both
1: spots they could land.
0: And the Baltimore. Ra- Where the Baltimore Ravens at? At eleven.
1: Uh, the Baltimore. They're outside the top ten. Is the Raiders, oh, yeah. are at, uh, Raiders? are at nine. Miami Dolphins are at eleven. That could be a landing spot too. With uh, if they do lose um, Jarvis Travis Landry yeah. there.
0: I, I I I don't think Ridley. I Ravens don't think, are at sixteen. Yeah, Ridley's not going to be there for the Ravens. Uh, I, I don't think Ridley gets past. Um, I don't think he really gets past Baltimore. I mean, not Baltimore. Uh, Chicago. I don't think Ridley gets past Chicago. If they, I mean, if not, what is Chicago doing? Kevin White was a tremendous flop. I couldn't. Who does the rest of the Kendall Wright, Tony? They're going to go to war with Kendall Wright.
1: Uh, yeah, they don't have anyone else uh, <laughs> there. That there's no way they can bring back Kendall Wright. I don't think they have any receivers. They got to hit the free agent market and and hit the draft.
0: There you go, right there. So they are on the clock. You need a guy like Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup went in the seventh round of this uh, NFFC trend his draft. Tony, uh, looking like the Rams' number one wide receiver this year, caught over 60, caught close to seventy balls in his rookie year. You think that number goes up in two thousand eighteen? Is he? Yeah, is he? he is he? Is up. he the number one wide receiver in that offense?
1: Uh, you know what? I am going to give Robert Woods that. I just nice. uh, you know I was skeptical of Robert Woods, but he had some talent coming out of college, and maybe he's just in the right system. Because even uh, when he came back after the injury, he picked up right where he left off. He really did. But Cooper Cup's going to be be a guy that uh, he's he's going to improve this year again, and he'll be another uh, guy that could get you 75, 80 catches in that offense. I think Robert Woods will be the home run hitter.
0: Yeah, Robert Woods went in the fourth round of the trendsetters draft, Tony. I was like, wow. it's a big jump up the board.
1: That's uh, people believing,
0: man. Mm-hmm. They're believing. Really into Jared Goff and uh, Sean McVay and that offense out there. Some uh, Julian Edelman goes off the board in round seven. Tony, Danny Amendola is a uh, important part. It's crazy to say this, but Danny Amendola is an important part of what the New England Patriots do. You think Edelman and Amendola are back next year?
1: I think Edelman is, but it's looking like uh, Amendola's got some offers um, from other teams, anywhere from 3 to $5 million. And, uh, you know, the one thing is the Patriots don't pay top dollar for anyone. So I, I can't believe that he would play anywhere else. But uh, it
0: looks like it could be the end for Danny Amendola. It looks like that way uh, as well. He might be moving on to a less a situation. Well, the team may be less, but his money will be more lucrative as Danny Amendola looks to push towards He's only the-
1: got one more contract. you got to say probably, this is his right? last contract, got-
0: yep. So you might as well go ahead and get it now, right, Tone?
1: Got to make that money, man. That's, it's a very short window in your career.
0: Yeah. After Edelman, after Edelman goes, Tone, the next wide receiver to go off the board is Will Fuller. Will Fuller was beasting when Deshaun Watson was out there I didn't think he can do it like he was catching one pass a game that pass would happen to be a touchdown kind of like on a Tyreek Hill type run from two years ago but I'll be honest with you Tony I'll take a couple cracks at Will Fuller this year because I don't want to be left out
1: well I get it in the seventh round I don't have a problem with it either But I don't think we should go crazy on Will Fuller. And people are going to look at his numbers with Deshaun Watson and fall in love. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the reason I can't fall in love with Will Fuller at those numbers is that he did a lot where it was almost perfect football. And when I say that is that he didn't get enough targets. He didn't get enough catches to put up the numbers he put in. And everything just went perfect for him. Well, what happens when he doesn't convert those touchdowns? He gets tackled at the two or three yard line. He's just an well, average receiver.
0: He's he's, he's, a, he's a donut, Dan Tony. He's a donut for fantasy. Yeah. Yep, he, he, he's not. And he was a donut for fantasy when Watson left. You might as well have cut yeah. him as soon as uh, Watson seventh, got hurt. You might as well have cut him at that at that moment. You could have cut him.
1: The seventh round, I have no problem with anyone doing that, but I
0: would not uh, be taking him much before that. Uh. Pierre Garçon and Sterling Shepard close out round number seven of the NFFC trendsetters. Garçon lasting to the 36-wide receiver off the board but, you know, come back healthy with Jimmy G next year. Um, that's that's good value right there.
1: I think so, too. I think that if they don't sign another possession receiver, I mean, he'll has big. he have big receiving numbers. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, of course, uh, has had some concussion issues. We don't know what his status will end up being. Um, the other one, though... Is very interesting because um, where does he end up? Who's that? Sterling Shepard. Where does he end up? Does he play wide receiver two or does Brandon Marshall come back? And how much does he get? Does Sterling Shepard play out of the slot?
0: Like I think Brandon I think Marshall comes back have, and, and, and Shepard's in the slot.
1: And if Shepard plays in the slot, you would think that would be better for him than being the number two wide receiver on the outside.
0: I, I yeah I, I agree with that. Obviously, you get more looks from Eli Manning if you're playing in that slot. But then again, you can, now you have Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, Odell. Obviously, the big dog in in, yeah. in 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 that in that in that room. But don't forget about Evan Ingram. He's got to get his targets too.
1: Yeah, and I'll t- well I'll tell you who's going to lose it. So Brandon Marshall won't get the targets that we expect. You think that's who it's going to be the guy that? Yeah, he's a guy I won't even draft. We looked at these guys, and we talk about it all the time these bigger wide receivers and how far they fast off, how far they can fall off. I think he's done. He's just collecting a couple more paychecks. I
0: don't blame him. though. if he is doing that, the New York Giants give it yeah. to him. Go ahead and go out there and get that Brandon Marshall. Try to stay healthy and transition into a second career after your playing days over. When we come back on the other side, got some more talk about these college this college class. Also, want to discuss more of the NFBC trendsetters. in Rob Rankowski. will you see him in 2018? as the Fantasy Football Friend. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out.
1: Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app.
0: Back up and at him, Fantasy Football Frenzy, Fantasy Executive and Tony Sincotta. Talking Fantasy Football with you. Combine going on out there in Indianapolis. Probably next week, see if I get my man Emory Hunt. He's out there at the Combine. See if we can get him to come by and uh, give us the skinny of what really went on out there, Tone. Yeah,
1: I know. He likes to hang around young athletes.
0: (laughs) You noticed that, huh? (laughs) Now, would you think that's a – is that a positive or a negative?
1: I think it's positive if you like football and you talk about it on the radio. Yeah. Um, But, you know, sometimes people don't – like, there are certain people that don't love their job. Like, a lot of rubbish men don't love their job. But uh, he certainly embraces it.
0: No, and uh, and Emory Hunt really does embrace his work. and uh, He definitely get him on the program and – discuss some of these um, young athletes, as you mentioned, Tone. Athletes that are not so young, Tone, um, some of these players in the NFL. It's two players I think that should retire, Tony. They both play the same position. Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed, two NFL tight ends that I think that the time has come. We're starting to hear rumors now, Tony, that Rob Gronkowski was actually thinking about retiring in training camp this year.
1: Yeah, and the problem is is that when you have that, that thoughts running through your mind, a lot of people question of whether you should be actually out there competing in a game that is so violent and so dangerous when you have one foot out the door already. Uh, but he put up good numbers, he played well, and of course then he has concussion issues uh, and he takes a shot in the playoffs there. And uh, he has some opportunities, it seems like, uh, being the charismatic individual he is uh, to, to uh, go ahead and do some other things where... You know, they don't have guys 270 pounds trying to knock
0: your head off. No, you don't, Tony, and that makes a big difference. If you was him, what would you do? T- considering your, uh, finances, would, his, your finances, your status, your yeah. social status, what would you do?
1: I think I, you grew up and you wanted to be a player. Uh, the one thing I would probably do is I never don't want, want to play for any other team because in Boston right now I'm as popular as David Ortiz and I could always make a living just hanging out in Boston and doing social events and things like that. So I think it's important to end his career there. I would probably play one more season and try to go out on top.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that too um, if you want to take that route. But if I if – I, me, myself, personally, I would go ahead and call it quits. The man's a Super Bowl champion. He has a lot of – a lot of lot – of, Social visibility—he's a guy that's very likable. People like him a lot. He's always out and about and around and stuff like that. I think Rob Gronkowski—if I was him—I would go ahead and call it. Um, uh, what about Jordan Reed, Tony? I'm you saying this, a lot of money. What if he did male porn? I—I <laughs> I heard that that was something that he would. Somebody would probably approach him about that also. I don't—I yeah, don't know I don't, what he—he he feels about that.
1: I don't, and I don't know. Like, I—I I don't know in my life, like. Who is the number one male? Po- oh, I guess it would be Ron Jeremy, or um, or John Holmes. But I don't know how much money like they put it in the bank, like when it was all said and done, and and if that's where someone he would he'd be interested. I, I've,
0: I've always heard that they've gotten they, that they get paid significantly less for their scenes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Same same work, that's Tony. That's that's, that's, that's discrimination.
1: I would think it is. Yeah, gender discrimination. Like, the discrimination is weird, right? Because people you can't discriminate. Yet yeah, we don't see any 60-year-old uh, cocktail wasters on 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 flights. No you don't. And nobody says anything. <laughs> no. I don't see any f- overweight does uh, waitresses. No. So uh, wh-
0: when is it okay to be discriminated against, and when is it not? You see, that's a very tricky subject right there, Tone, because, like you said, sometimes some jobs are just for some people, and it's kind of just accepted. You feel what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you can't have birth I mean, but be I, the stewardess.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that, you know what, I think we're, uh, we're, we're missing the boat on in this country. And... Uh, Nobody talks about it.
0: No. But we're here to bring you all that information right there, Tone. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So if you know any discrimination that's going on, uh, drop us uh, an email. I'm the Tony Sincata. And he's the fantasy exec, so uh, tell us if
0: you've been discriminated on if you know people that do. Because maybe we don't even know. There could be others out there. It could be. It's a, it's, it's, it's a big, vast community. It's a big, vast world, Tony, and you never know what could be taking place and going on. Now, Tony, what do you think about Jordan Reed? This is a guy who's beat up his whole entire career, oh. Tony. He's had concussions that put him on the injured reserve where he missed the remainder of the season. I mean, this guy is always something with him. It's my neck, my back, my head. He might as well hang it up, Tony.
1: So yeah, so this is a weird situation for me, because I feel like everybody has a right to make their own decisions. In I life. agree. And if you want to, and if you want to shorten your life by years playing in the NFL, doing what you love, go ahead, have fun with it. But I'm almost the case with this guy. The NBA should shut him down. Uh, the NFL should shut him down uh, because of all the concussion issues and then everything else on top of that, and he's really going to harm himself and I know in boxing they've shut down some boxers before when they get a little past their, their, their age, and I think maybe Jordan Reed would be a guy that I'm not for
0: this, but maybe someone needs to say, hey, enough is enough. I think so too, Tone. I think it's come to that, that that situation, especially I believe he has four recorded concussions, three of those ended his season, and then the litany of other injuries, so... Um, just the gentlemen need to take care of themselves also, and I think I think we're going to see a lot of more of players retiring early. Tone is this people are realizing the violence oh, yeah. of this sport, and then you know what? It's always a new batch of talent coming in. So I think the NFL will be in good hands. But I do think you're going to start to see people retiring earlier and earlier from this game. Yeah,
1: we've actually had a couple uh, instances the last couple of years where guys retire after their you know their rookie year. Uh, they've made You know they make couple hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars and then they go into whatever field they went to school with
0: yeah there you go so that's a good way to do it uh, take advantage of your education uh boys and girls Tony who do you think is the best play by play man in football would you say best it's Al Michaels
1: eh, it's hard to argue that he isn't but I, I like uh, I like Jim Nance too a lot of people um, I don't don't like him but I, I like him as well I like Al Michaels um, I like the way he does the game. It's so smooth, and he's got, you know, he'll kind of stick a couple one-liners in there. Um, I, I like him a lot. I, Joe Buck, I don't have a problem with. Um, a lot of people hate him, and but I think to me it's, probably al michaels
0: yeah Al michael's been doing it for a long time tony you feel what i mean you remember, do you believe in miracles i mean he goes all the way yeah. back past before then and now he's still banging it out and doing it now Tony. so i think al michaels is probably uh the one seed right now i think kevin burkhardt is good too you don't really get to hear him much he doesn't get really the big national games like a lot of the, you know, like like the Al Michaels or the Jim Nance or, or some of the guys on the number one team, but uh, he's definitely a guy that's in, that's in that mix. I'm a Mike I'm a Mike Tirico guy too. I think Mike Tirico, whenever he gets a shot to get out there, I think he does a good job with uh, the play by play. He's kind of he's you know he's not my favorite, but you know to be honest with you, Tony, nobody really seems to feel this way. But I'm, a, I'm a, I like Joe Buck.
1: No, I do too. I uh, I actually interviewed Joe Buck over oh, at really? Sirius XM. Yeah, and I remember, like, you know, I wanted to to make my mark Mm -hmm. uh, interviewing Joe Buck and ask him something he's never been asked before, and I said, Hey, Joe, uh, do you like M&Ms with peanuts or plain? And uh, he goes, Excuse me? And then I asked him again, Mm. and he he went after it, man. He was a peanuts guy, uh, and he spent, like, three minutes answering the question.
0: Look at that. Shout out to Joe Buck. Joe so Buck. he
1: likes peanuts for all the people out there in his so you and want to send him something.
0: Do you remember his pops, Jack Buck? I don't.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's crazy is when you think about some of these guys. Like, I don't know if you watch any of the uh, Bill Walton situation involving him covering the college basketball games. People on Twitter get so mad about him. Like, he's really high as a kite, and he's on drugs. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the craziest things, and every once in a while he'll talk about the basketball game. And <laughs> Much like what we're doing now. Says, yeah, his broadcaster said his his, his like his uh his uh play by play guy said, uh, Bill, is this gonna be a long story. Uh, we have a basketball game that's going on, <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, we'll get right to it." Yeah, <laughs> it was it was amazing, and he's talking about the craziest things. In the middle of the broadcast, he says, I want to thank Jimi Hendrix for occupying this arena 50 years ago tonight.
0: He said that in the middle of the broadcast, Tony?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, just totally out of context and throw it in. And I said, you know what? That's going to be me 30 years from now on the Fantasy Sports
0: Radio Network. Everybody remembers his... uh uh, The College Football National Championship from a couple years ago, and he kept asking if if the black players were from Compton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what he said? Oh,
1: this this one's right up there. He goes, This is so ridiculous. Whenever the coaches call timeouts, they bring the little chairs made for midgets out that are so <laughs> uncomfortable to sit on. Only midgets could fit on them. And he, he says, Those poor players' backs, get the midgets out here.
0: <laughs> he said that to game. You know, yeah, has, you're supposed yeah. to refer to them as short stature people, Tony.
1: Yeah, yeah. He little people. midgets. Yeah, you can't say
0: that no more, Tony.
1: Yeah. It's offensive. I know. I was, yeah. What
0: well, no, I'm not, saying
1: it's offensive. But here's the problem with the midgets, right? Is the politically correct people have cost these people jobs. Oh, like, when you wrestling. were growing up, midget wrestling was a big thing. But now, oh, we can't talk about the midgets. And we can't we can't glorify them because they're little because that's wrong. Well, so now they don't have jobs and
0: they can't feed their family. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with people? I know, Tone. Now, this was also, I was never, uh, this was never a thing of mine's tone. But I was also, uh... I was totally against this, but 10 years ago, you know, sometimes you would have those swanky rich guy parties, and they had this thing that they would do called midget tossing, where they would take the, the uh, little person and turn them around and see who can throw them the furthest, Tony.
1: Yeah, That's that not was right. kind of crazy. Like, if you have all the money in the world, like, I, I get it, though. If you're a little person, like, and you're down on your luck, shouldn't you have that opportunity to say, yeah, you can toss me around for <laughs> You know, name a price. <laughs> I like, I think about it right now, right? If, if someone was going to offer me, I don't know, 20 grand yeah. to get tossed around at a party, I might do it.
0: Yeah, at your, at your current size, Tony, a grown man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: toss me around. But um, I think it's all right. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird world we live in. And I remember the uh, show host, uh, Adam Ronis, who's on 1 to 3 p.m. On Scout Fantasy uh, with Doctor Roto, he invited me over to one time to watch Mission Adult movies, and um, I, I didn't go over. No, I there wouldn't to do
0: that. No, no. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a weird situation. I, th- I would agree with you on that one. <laughs> I would have I <laughs> backed out of that also, Tony. It's fantasy Football Frenzy, if you were wondering, right here on the <laughs> Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Oh, man, Tone. But now, these broadcasters, listen, did you? what about as far as the color analysts? Did, did, what do you think about Tony Romo's debut season? I mean, he was a big hit on Twitter.
1: I, yeah, I don't get, like, I, I really don't get what. I think he's all right, right? I think he brought in some insight. He brought uh, uh, some laughs. He was, he was absolutely enjoying what he was doing. Uh, so I liked him. But, you know, everybody is uh, – Twitter is all about negativity. Where the hell do they ever say, you know what, this guy's great, I love watching? It doesn't happen. Anyone. I mean, the Pope doesn't even get positive comments on Twitter. Tony Romo, there is nothing going on there. Um, John Gruden, I think he does a decent job. You could say, oh, he never says anything negative about anyone. Okay. The only guy in society that doesn't have a negative thing to say. What's wrong with that? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Going in. Yeah, and, and 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 there. So I like both of those guys. I like Tony Romo. I like John Gruden. I think they do a great job. Um, it, it's a crazy situation when you're the color commentator because a lot of the good ones, when you're not, the, you know, on the marquee uh, games, I think they do a good job, and you probably don't even know who they
0: are. No doubt about that. I agree with you on that one, Tony. So it's going to be interesting. How I do kinda... you feel about a woman doing uh, play by ways? play? A woman, I love it. Or or the color analyst. I don't have a problem with it. I think Doris Burke is one of the best in the business.
1: I don't have a problem with it at all. But people are lying or they're not honest. It definitely feels different when they're doing a game. Really?
0: I, I'm a big Doris Burke just, fan. I think I
1: think that when you when you hear especially during football, Chris Spielman did college football with someone, I forget who it was, a woman uh, on Saturdays a lot, yeah, and it's just weird because you're so uh, unaccustomed to it, uh, hearing a woman's voice in the broadcast booth. So, and the girl on Sunday Night Baseball, uh, Fernandez, who works with Alice Rodriguez this year, yeah, she's going to be uh, on it all, well, yeah, this year. Yeah, and Al, she was worked with Aaron Boone last year. Uh, she gets a lot of negative press on on um, Twitter, and I don't think she's bad at all either. And I think that. It's just different when you hear a woman's voice, and I think some guys are not accustomed to it.
0: Uh, but I don't think she does a bad job. I know doubt about that. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, my man, Tony Sincata. Like I said, I'm I'm definitely all for that. Thank you for listening to the fantasy football frenzy. One, one, one I want to ask, we didn't talk about no players this segment. I do want to ask you about one. Do you think Nelson Aguilar keeps it rolling? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. See, I think what happens here is that a lot of people – Uh, forget that we've been spoiled by some great wide receivers that came in the National Football League. If we go back three or four years and we go through all our materials, we would always say, oh, wide receivers in their third year is really where they start to get it. And that's what happened with Nelson Aguilar. It was his third season. Did you see how many times he was targeted in the Super Bowl? I think he's their best wide receiver. I know I'll show Jeffrey Cash in the money, uh, and, and uh, he's going to get paid. And he made some big plays down the stretch. But Nelson Aguilar was the
0: guy to get most of the targets, and Nelson Aguilar made some big plays. One of the easiest prop bets of the Super Bowl was a Nelson Aguilar catch total. It was at it was at I believe it was at four, and I was like, oh, well, we can hammer this one right here. Fantasy executive Tony Sincata getting ready to wrap up this latest edition of the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Make sure you catch the live edition coming up this Sunday afternoon at noon Eastern time. We'll have some more results from the NFL Combine. Maybe we'll see if our guy Henry Hunt come out and join us.